The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. It has been brought to our attention that depending on the platform that you listen to, you can no longer hear some of our previous episodes. Some of our favorite episodes. Some of the ones where people would reach out and say, hey, listen, I can't believe that you talked to insert whatever name here. And honestly, it makes us a little sad that you can't go back in time and have a listen because the stories were really incredible. We reference a lot of times, oh, we had a chance to talk with so-and-so in the past. And if you can't go back, then it's kind of just, oh. So we wanted to bring some of those guests, some of those former guests back into the spotlight. We're going to call it like a, a rerun, I think. A Why Me Project rerun. Do you remember those? I do. Back in the day, or you used to throw the tape into the VCR and <laughs> oh, we're dating ourselves. We are, but uh, a rerun was the opportunity to rewatch one of your favorite episodes. Now everything's so accessible. Well, we thought it was. Yeah, exactly. So without further ado... Here's your Why Me Project rerun. I am very excited to see where this um, half hour is going to go. I am so very excited right now as it's not often that we get to talk with someone that we've had conversations about throughout the year as he's been quite visible when it comes to various conversations that have been happening mainstream. He is an author, an artist, a writer, an actor. I'm pretty sure at some point he's going to cure the COVID. <laughs> Lecrae, my friend, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, if I can figure out COVID, I'll bottle that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to ask the skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Lecrae, who are you and where did you come from? Uh, my name is Lecrae. I am, you know, an artist, activist, um, a public figure. More importantly, I'm a father and a husband. And, um, I'm still trying to figure out where I came from. I'm, I'm, that's, that's, a, that's the question of the hour. We'll find out one day. Born and raised where? I was born. I was born in Texas, Houston, Texas. I was raised all over the place. So I got a little bit of California, a little bit of Denver, a little bit of Texas, Memphis, Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm a little got a little bit of everything going on here. So then, if I ask the question, where does Lecrae call home? What would that answer be? I would say Atlanta's home. Yeah. Was music the dream and where you wanted to go? You know what? Um, I always wanted to be um, an entertainer. I knew entertainment was the realm for me. I loved it since I could remember. So music was just one form of it. Um, but I, I actually, you know, originally loved acting. And uh, I was in acting pretty heavily, but then music took over. At what point did you realize then that you had um, not only the goal, the dream, but you had this amazing talent? Man, you know what? I think um, I always had great, great supportive family members who would always tell me about my gifts and abilities. And so um, I knew the talent was there, but sometimes that's the frustrating part because you don't know what to do with it or how to, how to best use it. So that was the tough part as a kid. Sometimes when it's your parents or a family member saying that you have talent, it's just because they love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true as well. Was there any other affirmation that helped you really realize that was a great direction for you to go? Um, you know, I, I had a friend uh, who passed away named Otis, and uh, Otis would tell me all the time, he'd say, man, like, you are really talented at this, man. You just need to uh, you need to work on your songs because your songs are, are pretty trash, and that's really <laughs> what he used. Uh, <laughs> and then um, another friend of mine, Will, said, um, man, if you don't do this professionally, I don't know what you're, what you're thinking about doing. And that, that kind of confirmed it for me. 
Hmm. Would you consider that or is there another one of those pivotal life moments that come to Jesus moment where you're like, Lecrae, this is where I, I either take the, the left road or the right road, but I have to make a choice. The come to Jesus moment or pivotal kind of transformational moment was um, just feeling a sense of loneliness when I was in school and just wondering, man, what direction do I go in? And I was invited to a conference and at this conference, um, you know, I just I saw a world that I had never seen before. I saw people who looked like me talked like me, dressed like me, but they had a hope that I didn't have. And um, and, I, and I wanted that. And uh, that, that was kind of the spiritual transformation, uh, transformative moment for me. When you were growing up, was God and faith a big part of um, those fundamental years? No, you know, I, I didn't really grow up in church. I'm, I'm more of a, you know, kind of a West Coast kid. And, it, you know, extremely like kind of like free thinking, wherever the wind blows, type of mindset. And so uh, that's just kind of the way that I saw the world. And, and my grandmother was the only Christian that I knew. So she kind of introduced me to, to God as a child. But then um, I didn't investigate till I got much older. So as you're, I mean, you have friends who are, who are pushing into you saying, look, Craig, you got to do this. Uh, you have this talent. You're trying to harness all of this talent that you have. Uh, was there people that you were looking to uh, musically that you're like, I want to be like, or I want to sound like, insert whoever that may be? Yeah, you know, I think as a kid, um, I really looked up to Snoop Dogg. I thought he was like one of the the guy, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. as a kid. And um, and so I really looked up to him. And then, um, you know, of course, Nas and, and Jay-Z, those are other um, individuals I looked up to uh, growing up. So you know they're 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 heavyweights, but they're also um you know they're they're transcendent and they did something bigger than than um you know that people thought they would do. And so I kind of looked up to them a lot. When you were younger and you had dreams of becoming rap music was going to be the direction that you went. You know you're going to be a big and strong adult. Did you ever think that this is where you would be today? No clue. <laughs> I, I never would have ever imagined. You know what I mean? It's like wow, I never would have dreamed it in a million years. It's been a blessing. You know, it's not without its challenges, but it has been a blessing. What, what is the biggest, or are you saying without its challenges, what has been some of those big challenges? You know, I think when you're when you're younger, you don't have a family. You can kind of figure stuff out, you know what I mean? But um, when you're dealing with uh, a wife and kids, or um, you're just responsible uh, uh, 24-7 for their, their shaping and, and they're dependent on you. And so you can't just kind of wing it, you know, when you've got people's lives involved. And, you know, when you're trying to, when, when you're traveling all the time, you're on the road, you're doing interviews, you can kind of wing that stuff because it's just kind of in your wheelhouse. But you can't wing being a father. You can't wing uh, being a husband. So those, you know, the career decisions um, make it challenging you know, to, to stay consistent with those other areas of life that are more important. You have this grandma who has this faith, and as you grow older, your, your faith continues to grow. Do you feel pressure in representing your faith in your music or representing, quote-unquote, Christian hip-hop? I never felt like um, this huge burden. I did initially to like, you know, hey, when everyone was kind of like, hey, you're the guy, the Christian representative in, in the rap space, in the hip-hop space, I did feel a burden to be what everyone wanted me to be, and um, and that was just a lot to carry because I didn't ask for that. Um, not so much with my grandmother, um, but probably more so for just like the Christian culture who just had these expectations that um, 
I just knew I, I, I wasn't going to be able to live up to. The funny thing is, is that I think Christians so badly want to put musical artists, whoever, up on pedestals. So whether it's yourself or, I mean, even somebody like Lauren Daigle, how then do you navigate having, you know, people saying, oh, we want you to sound like this, or you're not, you know, saying Jesus enough in your songs? You know, you, you, you have to come to a place where you realize that you have your own mission and um, everyone's not going to agree with it. But they, you know, people want to make their mission your mission or their mission, their idea of what you should be, um, who you should be. And I talk about it a lot in, in my book, um, I'm Restored, you know, just that a lot oftentimes we're objectified. And we do that to public figures all the time. We, we want them to play the way we want them to play, to sing the way we want them to sing. And just be one-dimensional. And um, and truthfully, we are dynamic people, and God has put us here for different reasons. And so we, ha- we have to give people the freedom to follow the path that God has put them on. Uh, you have a book that just came out October 12th. You were able to put together a three-part narrative. You have music that also came out this year, all about the theme of restoration. And that obviously means that there's been a bit of a journey in your life. At what point did you realize that restoration was needed in your life? Oh, man. Um, unfortunately, you know, you kind of get back into a corner and you you, you say, shoot, this is uh, like I don't have any other choice. And I think for me it was, you know, November 1st, 2018, um, just waking up in a clinical depression and um, not knowing what to do about it. And it was kind of like I was just back into a corner. Um, I've been pretty tough my whole life and just pushed my way through everything, suppressed it. But I think the weight of it all just kind of collapsed underneath me. And um, and that's when I realized, okay, God, I, I need some restorative work done here. Uh, there's no other way around this. Uh, you can't. You can only run from your past and and your your issues for so long, and uh, they just caught up with you. What does that restoration? What does that working on yourself look like? Is it therapy? Is it because you would? I would think that you would utilize music as a as a form of therapy. How did? You, how are you able to deal with that? It absolutely is a mixture of different things. I mean, obviously, music is a form of that. But you know, I was to the place in my in my life where music had become a job. You know, you, you're just doing it so much um, that it's not really this creative outlet. It's kind of like you're, you're, you're kind of playing a game and just, you know, writing stuff that you know will work instead of uh, writing the most authentic authentic version of everything. And so that that's tough. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's holistic. It's, it's all-encompassing. It's not just one thing. It's not just uh, therapy, which therapy was involved. Um, it's not just prayer. It's not just you know, community, relationships, it's just all-encompassing. Medication, whatever, meditation, um, people need to, 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 to wrap their arms around all of those different things and find out what works best for them. And for me, it was, you know, um, a lot of stopping moving a million miles an hour and, and sitting still and having to deal with um, some things that I, traumatic things that I dealt with in the past. When it comes to you dealing with depression, a lot of conversations have been happening as of late with regards to mental health and removing the stigma of it. Did you find it hard to admit that you were going through a depression? Hmm. Was there kind of that element of, not me, no, no, I'm Lecrae? Yeah, I, I mean, I think when when you deal with it, when you deal with it mildly, there is that sense of pride. Um, when, when it's major, which is what I experienced, um, you, you're done playing games because it's so debilitating and so crippling that it's not kind of a thing that you're, you're you know, I mean, you may want to hide it from the public, 
Um, but you, you, there's just no way to hide from it. It's going to affect every aspect of your life. And for me to reveal it to the public, I, I just felt like, man, I don't ever want anybody to have to struggle with this privately and not know how they can be helped. There was somebody who who made a YouTube video, or uh, actually a pastor who made a sermon, and he was talking about what he experienced. And if he hadn't said that, I don't know if I would have, I would have had anybody to relate to. I thought I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to feel alone in those situations. Yeah. Acceptance is one of those big things. I mean, when when you go to AA and accepting that, you know, hi, my name is and I'm an alcoholic. What was the reaction then to the people around you? Did they have any idea that, you know, you were dealing with this? Yeah, it was a mixture. You know, obviously there's some friends who are, um, all your friends love you, but they're not all equally gifted in how to navigate that. Yeah. So. You know, that's the beauty of therapy, because you have a specialist who can really help target certain things. Um, but, you know, I liken it a lot to uh, trying to lose weight. You know, maybe you're, you're dealing with a, a health issue, and sure, you can talk to your friends about it, and maybe they'll give you some moral support. Um, maybe they'll tell you a workout that they've been doing, but they don't know exactly what it, the science behind how to, you know, make sure your heart rate is, is at a certain place or you're burning fat or what exercises you need to do. So it's really helpful to talk to a specialist. My friends were there for me, and I had to be very gracious to them because they didn't know everything, and they didn't have all the right answers either. How important was having your family there with you? Oh, having family there was extremely important. You know, you, you just need that moral support. Um, if nothing else, just to have them say, hey, listen, I don't get it, but I'm here. You know, and, and uh, that, that's the biggest thing that anybody can do is, is just be there. Just, the, just their presence is massive. I'm Restored is, is available now, as Holly had mentioned. Um, when people get the book, what do you hope that they're going to get from it? Um, I, I would just hope that people walk away saying, wow, um, I'm not alone, and that restoration is possible. You know, it may not be transactional. It doesn't happen overnight. It's relational. It's a process. But the process uh, is beneficial. And, and, um, and if you work at it, um, health and, and wellness um, is on the other side. You said uh, husband and father. You've been married for how long? I've been married for 14 years. So we were kids having kids. <laughs> I, uh, I, I got with my wife. Uh, we, we, I, I, I was 18 years old when I uh, when I, I laid eyes on her, and um, and we've been we've been besties ever since. And then you got uh, how many kids? I got three kids. And, and they're boys, one girl. Uh, 13, 11, and nine. So when it comes to, I mean, whether it's uh, sexual abuse or depression or PTSD or whatever that is, uh, how hypervigilant did you find that you are when it came to you then being a father? Extremely. Um, you know, me being a father is, you know, very, very important. I mean, even as we, as we speak, you know, I'm sitting at a skate park um, talking to you all while my kids are, are practicing their moves. <laughs> and I didn't want my day, which is, you know, busy, uh, to interrupt them being able to be kids and, and, um, and, you know, there to be consistency. I could have very easily said, hey, you know, sorry, y'all, you just figured out, go outside and play. But I said, no, let's take a ride and, um, and, you know, we'll interact in between, um, you know, my free time. And so, yeah, but I, I, more than anything, it's that the sense of security and, and consistency that they know that I never knew. And um, I think that makes a big difference. Because it was something that you never knew, do you feel that you really and truly want to make sure that you can be the best dad, that you can be almost as a way of kind of healing a part of yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a mixture. You know, obviously you don't realize what you're doing oftentimes. You're just doing it. Um, you, you do know that you're fighting against what you didn't have. Um, but at the same time, you're also 
there, there's some subconscious stuff in there. And, and some of it is not healthy, if I'm honest with you. Some of it is, um, is, is you trying to prove that you're not your father and that, you, that you're not going to, to make the mistakes that, that your father made. So you have to wrestle with that tension of just understanding, like, hey, listen, this is a whole new world, new life, new people. You don't have to put that weight on your shoulders. Just be a, a, a consistent, present father. I mean, the life that you grew up in, the life that your kids are growing up in now, I'm, I'm assuming is very different. How do you or how important is it that your kids realize that, hey, this isn't how it always was? And how important is it that they then see where you came from? Yeah, I think I think that's important. Uh, I try to do my best to remind them from time to time just so that they don't take anything for granted. Um, you know, we're getting at that age where they need to be exposed to um, some different things that um, would, would help them see, like, oh, they're, they're a little bit more insulated. You know, by the time I was my oldest son's age, I was riding the, the city bus everywhere I wanted to go, you know what I mean? And so, you know, it's important for me for me to help them understand that they're part of a legacy and that they're part of a broken cycle and to continue that, that process. As a father, then, um, and with marches and protesting and everything that's that's going on, I mean, all over the world, but definitely down in the States, do you hide that, or is that something that you can share with your kids? No, I, I definitely share it with my kids and want them to understand what's going on, want them to be aware, um, because, you know, I, I'd rather them, them hear it from me than to kind of experience it outside of the house in, in some kind of jarring way. Um, so, you know, as much as we can talk through it, um, in a helpful and healthy way, I, I try to do it. It's interesting because you're going through this personal journey of restoration, but then culturally there seems to be a huge shift in trying to correct things and restoration that way, that way as well. When it comes to your music and your book, do you feel like it can also speak to the cultural restoration process? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I think, you know, overall um, people just struggle with nuance and they struggle with with processing complicated things. And I think when, when we realize how complicated we are as human beings and we deal with our own personal areas of, of, of you know, grace and, and need, need, need for acceptance, um, then we can be a lot more gracious toward other people. And so I think, you know, hearing one person's journey helps them understand, you know, it, it kind of puts you in someone else's shoes so that you can say, wow, what, what do I need to do, and how do I play my part in this this grand tapestry going on out here? Do they understand, or how we we talk about making sure that your kids are aware of, but that because Dad and, and you had mentioned you are a public figure, they may see things on social media, or they may say see things in the news that is about you. Yeah, um, you know we've done a pretty we try to be pretty pretty uh, vigilant uh, in keeping them off of social media and, and not allowing them to just kind of uh, mindlessly absorb all those particular things. Hmm. And so um, they'd be hard-pressed to just find that type of information. Of course, I tell them and, um, you know, and, and, and help them understand, but we try to protect them as much as possible of their perspectives of who I am and and um, and, and what I am in the world. Um I try to make sure to see things from their own perspective and, and experience me as I am and not as the world may kind of talk about me. I mean, there's some stuff that they see, and some of it's kind of silly, 
you know, and it's like this article said you had a private jet, Daddy. Where, where, where's, where's my that? private jet? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, where's my I'm trust like, fund? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, listen, guys, you, you you can't believe everything you read on the internet. All right, let's let's rewind. Oh, never mind. So I guess there goes my question on what's it like to have a private jet, Lecrae? <laughs> <laughs> Um, do they? And I, I mean, we've had a chance. We've we've asked Toby this question, and and a lot of other artists who have kids. Are they into your music, or do they just see you as dad? You know, my youngest one is actually into the music. Um, my youngest son, he's a fan. He he loves the music. My oldest son is like my critic. So I think <laughs> in a lot of ways, I represent him to the world. He's like, I, I can't have you out here looking crazy, Dad. You need to turn the bass up on this. You need to change your flow scheme on this. <laughs> so he's a little more particular. Uh, my daughter, I'm definitely just dad to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do they get to use you as like clout at all? Like, do you know who my dad is? So you can, you know, get first in line at church or something? No, no, no. I, I, I tell them all the time, you know, that I, 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 that was the reason why I wouldn't name my, my, my boys after me or anything like that, because I want them to be their own individual people and not have to live in my shadow. That's just a lot of pressure. It's pressure spiritually. It's pressure in a lot of different ways. And so, um, you know, you know, it's just it's just too much for for their little souls to bear. So I don't. I try to to, to leave that off. My daughter did get upset at me because I I, I turned down Dancing with the Stars. She did get upset. <laughs> she was like, "What? Well, why would you do that?" And so uh, for good reason. You know, That's a season I would yeah. watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a chance to watch your three part narrative, um, and I've got two part question here. Number one: Are we going to get a full on documentary That's perhaps yeah. coming up? Because Watching just the three parts, I felt like there was so much more. Um, I wanted to keep watching it, but it was over. So is there going to be one coming up? Yeah, I, I, there will be. It'll be much more extensive and, um, and, and a little more detailed. Uh, so definitely, you know, we, we have a production company that we started, and that was one of the first projects that we, we put out. And we're just kind of warming up. You know, we did a music video. We did the video series. Um, just kind of testing our capabilities and uh and and so there's something a, l- a lot more uh extensive on the way cool because i watched it even as a female who's a person of color who's from canada there were so many points i could really relate to and it's almost as though your story can reach so many people that in some ways you might become a bit of a father figure to others and now you have kind of that language to express you know i went through childhood trauma i did this do you feel the weight of that kind of pressure ever, or are you just happy to be able to have that story to share and to help others with the restoration journey that they're on? You know what? Truthfully, I, I think, so I got I have ADD, right? ADD makes you impulsive. You just do <laughs> stuff sometimes. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think for me, I'm like, let's do it. You know what I mean? You kind of, you, you don't think about it all in the moment. You're just thinking about how freeing it is and, and, you know, moving on to the next thing. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. I'll tell my whole story. I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're like, you don't even realize what you're doing in the moment. I think it's one of the, the ways God has, like, kind of, you know, providentially blinded me from, from knowing the impact of certain things and not allowing the pressure to be too heavy on me. Um, I just follow those passions and those impulses and um, and then I, I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know it had that kind of effect. Um, and so sometimes it's good. Obviously, sometimes you do need to have a little more awareness. But in these moments, I'm just grateful that it does impact people. 
you look at your musical career, and I mean, you work obviously closely with the 116 crew. Uh, you've worked with John Legend or Ty Dollar or B.O.B. Is there someone that you still would love to work with? Mm. You know what? Now I'm like, there, there's only a couple like actual living legends around, you know, like Stevie Wonder or, mm. uh, you know, folks alone in that caliber of, of artistic excellence that, um, I think, you know, it'd be awesome to do music with just because you just were like, wow, I, I got to do that. And so um, I think for for, for me, um, it's just being able to work with anybody who's iconic like that. Um, I don't know what that would look like, but, you know, for me, that'd be awesome. Well, this is the Why Me Project podcast. So we ask this question every time to get a feel for your Why Me moment. It could be in a valley or in a mountaintop. But a point in your life where you ask God, why me? Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> a point in my life. There's a bunch of points, but I'll, I'll try to find one of them. Um, I, I think, um, you know, definitely the the valley for me was, um, I remember being in Mexico uh, just trying to get some time away because I was just going through a really difficult emotional kind of br- mental breakdown. And, um, and while I was there, I just was overwhelmed with both grief, sadness, and joy because I was in one of the darkest places ever, but yet I felt like God was walking with me. And, um, and it was just a complete, it was all of the why me. It was why me, why am I the one that has to deal with this and go through this? But then at the same time, why me? Why are you wanting to be close to me in the midst of all this chaos? And, um, you know, I love Jonah in the Bible. Everybody doesn't get to be Jonah. You know, mm-hmm. Jonah went through a lot, but God was, was there, and I, I, I can relate to him. The book is available now. I am restored how I lost my religion but found my faith. Lecrae.com, at Lecrae on all socials. Brother, thank you for taking some time and uh, bringing some honesty. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Appreciate you. Sometimes when you're in the public eye, I think it's really tough to be honest. And it's nice that we're able to sit down and just have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine sometimes struggling with the things and you being out in the public and then having to come out and say, this is what I'm dealing with. I know that there's a lot of celebrities and that who have said things and then they get lambasted about it. Oh, I can't believe that they're doing this or, oh, what are they trying to do this for publicity? But it, it's so good to just hear the raw, honest emotions of Lecrae. Yeah, absolutely. And from his position that he holds in the public eye and being able being strong enough to be vulnerable uh, with the situation, because I know he's a very private person. Mm. So I really do appreciate and respect him stepping outside of that and letting us in and helping us learn and grow and be able to walk that path of restoration along with him. Thank you for tuning in to an old episode, a past guest of our Why Me Project rerun. Something that we're starting now because there are so many episodes that we really did love and they've kind of disappeared from the digital world. And speaking of digital world, I did a little recon. There are at least nine different platforms in which you can listen to the Why Me Project podcast. Okay. So there's no excuses, but I mean, some of the main ones like Apple Podcast and or Spotify. And you could always head to our social media accounts to stay up to date as each and every Wednesday we have a brand new episode for Why Me Project. And you can also let us know if there's someone that you would like to hear on a future episode. At Why Me Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Why Me Project at Outlook.com. And of course, as always, faithstrongtoday.com. 
Yeah. <laughs>